Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little different. Today's episode is from the archives. We're going to be sharing with you the conversation that I had with Megan Fate Marshman in January of 2021. This is our most popular episode, one of our most popular episodes that we've had. She talks about faith. She talks about courage. She talks about what does it mean to follow Jesus. And so we wanted to share this with you. So enjoy this episode from the archives. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. My name is Robert, and I'm sitting here with now a guest to the podcast. This is Megan Fate Marshman. Typically, it's Chad and I having a conversation about the message, what we're talking about as a church. Uh, and as Chad and I were talking with you coming in and speaking this weekend, we thought, let's have you on the podcast and do, yeah. a, do an interview with you. So the first time I met Megan was on a study tour in Israel with Hume Lake Christian Camps. You were part of that, that same group and uh, super excited to have you here with us. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your family, Ooh. where you come from, uh, just yep. like the quick 30 seconds. Great. 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, my name is Megan. I love the Lord more than anyone else. And I'm doing my best to align my values and my yeses with my greatest loves. So I remember right before I had kids, which of which I have two, someone said, parenting advice, every yes is a no and every no is a yes. And I thought, what does that mean? And then I figured it out. So it turns out every time you say yes to something, you're mm-hmm. saying no to anything else you could be doing at that time and energy. So... When you ask about who I am, I'm thinking, okay, so what are my best yeses? My best yeses is anything God asks of me and even partnership with you guys, which is really exciting because it's, yes, what God's doing here is a yes for me. Uh, But then my next yes is my husband, even before my kids. And then I have those two little guys. And then from there on, it's just how to love God and love people well with the best yeses and how to say no so I can say yes to the things that matter most. All right. So you're going to want to rewind and re-listen to that because it was brilliant and there was mm. a lot that was just packed in there. Mm. But uh, So you're you, still wondering what I do? Yeah, I got yeah. it. I got it. I think, uh, <laughs> I, I, think I got it. Um, but you've been, you've been going around speaking around the country. Mm. Uh, when, when did you get into, when did you realize God has gifted you in this way to yeah. communicate his word and, and how did that kind of unfold? Yeah. There's two very different stories. One is more on the vulnerable route, which it's nice to meet you all. <laughs> Uh, or there's the second one, which is just kind of like how it happened, but I was never pursuing it either mm-hmm. way. So one's like, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to go with because I can go two different routes. I'll go the honest route. Why not? Yeah. We're in a podcast. Yeah. This is like a you know, treat for those. Yeah, yeah. It feels really safe with all the people I don't know. So truth be told, I, um, <laughs> I went to jail really? when I was... 18 years old because my friends were into shoplifting. Wow. And I wasn't into shoplifting, but I was really into people pleasing. And so I show up, I got caught, my friends ran and I stayed in shock, got caught, went to jail for about six hours. Wow. Parents bailed me out, walked out of jail. So you, so that's earlier, really a part uh, of my story. You, we were joking about background checks. Yeah, you, yeah, weren't, yeah. you weren't joking. That's you okay. got a, you got yeah, a rap Don't sheet. give me a key. So <laughs> I, uh, but I truly went to jail and then walked out. This is the beginning of my story with regards to ministry and speaking and all of that is I walked out <clears throat> to my mom who was outside waiting for me and she had her little arms open. And I was thinking, and I would mind you up to this point, perfect Christian kid, you know, mm-hmm. thought I, I could have never imagined. Even looking back, I'm like, how in the world is that part of my story? But it is yeah. because then I got to walk out into my mom's arms and I remember hugging my mom and I thought, mom, I don't deserve this. 
Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, up to that point, I thought I did. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, yeah, 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 you're welcome, Mom, for how I'm trying to live really well for you, for the Lord, for everybody. <clears throat> and then my dad uh, whispers in the best moment where he goes, oh, my girl— because I said, I don't deserve this. And he goes, well, oh, my girl, you never did. <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And then I go to court, stand in front of a judge, and he's like, so all these people from your church wrote letters on your behalf saying this is really out of character. And I'm like, it is. It is. Free me. You know. And he goes, Here's gonna, I'm going to do something I've never done. And I thought, that's either really good or not very good. And he said, I'm going to have you speak publicly to all the local high schools on decision making. Mm. At that point, I was planning to be a videographer and I was going to school for it. And it was in that moment I realized God had given me a gift to communicate, Mm -hmm. but I found it through my greatest weakness is how I found my strength. Because, And I love it because it wasn't, I went on this trajectory of wanting to become a pastor and then I became a pastor and then I did all the things. It's, no, I realized my life's not meant to be about me. I got caught Mm-hmm. my life being about me. But then I got to walk into the arms of quite literally the sign of Christianity, this open arms, yeah. accepting God, hugged, realized what grace was, and then had the opportunity right away to speak about it. And so yeah. that's how I became a speaker. That's amazing. I so, so Chad and I, we talk about this all the time. We talk about grace because it's one of those things that's the foundation of, of our faith. It's the foundation of Christianity. It's the foundation of who God is. And so uh, it it's so essential, but you can't always explain it. Like you, yeah. you try your best to yeah. go, I, I just want you to, to get grace. But in many ways, grace kind of has to get you. Yes. And it, it sounds like that was your moment oh. that grace got you, well, uh, yeah. was walking out of a prison. Quite <laughs> prison, it got even harsher. Uh, I imagine, so anyone, I In imagine, my mind, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's incredible. Okay. It's, it's all the barbed wire and the razor wire. Shot, and, you yeah, know, yeah. there's like multiple mm-hmm. gates that you got to get through. They're there yeah. too, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's the thing. So imagine being caught now, not just the thing you got caught for that's a bad decision you mm-hmm. made. Imagine if like someone really knew your thought life mm-hmm. and really knew what you do in the dark and really knew, like really knew all of that. And then the first response is this. Yeah, open That's arms. shocking. And I always talk about, whenever I talk about grace, it's, oh, grace is wonderful until you have to give it away. Because mm-hmm. then it's knowing someone else, like, you know, your spouse's har- bad things about your spouse or knowing the bad things about your kids or knowing the bad things about your friends. And it's easy to want to run and hide. And I think in knowing how hard that feels to know how powerful it is from God himself. Yeah. Well, this weekend, you, you did a phenomenal job talking about hope, looking at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, mm-hmm. and, and just unpacking what, what does real hope look like? And one of the things that you said early on, you were, you were talking about how all of us stand on certain things, yeah. and, and we, we're, we're hoping in different mm-hmm. things, that yeah. there's not anybody who's listening to this who hasn't placed their hope in something. Yeah. All of us place our hope. And, and you talked about uh, some people put their hope in finances, some put it in maybe job recognition, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. when those things are shaken, yeah, those foundations are shaken and, and they begin to collapse, we begin to collapse with them. Yeah. Uh, and, and so talk to me a little bit. Has there ever been a time in your life where you realized you were putting your hope in one of those other oh, things yeah. and had that foundation shaken? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now that I've shared shared the depth of my story, uh, that was one of them. But that was and, it. Yep. Yeah, because the thing is, I didn't struggle with stealing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we find ourselves making decisions. We're like, how in the world did we make that? And the, there's sin underneath the sin. And mm-hmm. that was a helpful even that was a helpful phrase for me because I remember getting out of like jail and being like, I just went to, I just went to jail. <laughs> yeah. I just went to jail for shoplifting. Yeah. I've never struggled with shoplifting. Yeah. The sin underneath the sin for me was people pleasing. So it was wanting to be filled up by other people's opinions of me. And mm-hmm. I remember even the girls I went with, they named me as that right before. They're like, you're crazy. You'll do anything. I'm like, I will do anything. They're like, come <laughs> with us. I'm like, I will do. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I remember going with them being like, how am I even here? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us find ourselves 
wondering, how am I even here? How is my world truly shattered? How did I get here? And that's why this message is so key and it's very personal for me to go, oh, you have to see all the places you're standing. And naturally, we stand in those places. I have this really weird visual in my head. It's the... um, you know NASCAR? I'm not a big NASCAR fan. Have yeah, you ever I've, watched it? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's like a thing. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's a lot of people that watch it. No, there's it. a lot of yeah, big like fans lot, out there. I, fans. I haven't studied our demographic on yeah, the yeah. podcast listeners, but it could be that yes. it's all NASCAR fans. Yeah, so so I don't know. All I know is there's the NASCAR, and then there's all those stickers that go on the back, right? And then there's like the main <laughs> sticker on the car. So yeah, this yeah. is my my knowledge of NASCAR. <clears throat> I always find this interesting, and it reminds me kind of of the parallel of hope, is there's lots of stickers. I mean, and it's kind of like there's lots of stickers in our lives, right? You have like, I have my Republican or my Democrat sticker, mm-hmm. and then I I have my mom sticker, and then I have my um, which church I attend sticker, and then I have like there's all these things, these stickers that kind of represent us. And mm-hmm. I even a friend of mine asked how much those stickers cost. It's nuts. But there's the one sticker that defines the car. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the other stickers are bad, but there's one that trumps them all. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing of this message. And even when I got into the standing, I wanted to clarify, but I only had 25 minutes, but I wanted to clarify. <laughs> The sticker, I wanted to clarify that the other stickers aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Hoping for our, us to be healthy through 2021 is not bad. Yeah. Be, being of a political party is not evil, mm-hmm. right? Um, having these different things representing these, the titles we hold, the identities that we hold, they're not bad. They are part of us, mm-hmm. but they're not the primary way that we need to be identified. And I think too often we make decisions based on the small stickers and we forget about the big sticker. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and if you look at your social media, I wonder if someone were to just go to your profile, what sticker is it representing most? Yeah. And that's that's good because my, my follow up question was going to be how do you identify what it is you're putting your <laughs> you hope put in? A what big it is tide sticker right yep. in the center of your no. <laughs> yeah no but that that's good that that's a good way to identify even just looking at what we post what we say what we talk about what our thoughts are geared towards what yeah. do we think about throughout the day that that's probably going to be an indicator of what that primary sticker is uh, somebody mm-hmm. somebody loves NASCAR who's listening to this right now they're and thrilled. they're and they're either thrilled or they're like you guys don't understand <laughs> no 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 that's exactly right because <laughs> I don't know how to say anything else other yeah. than they go around a lot all right so this is a random mm, question just because I'm I'm curious go and I'm dying it. to know mm-hmm. what did you shoplift what was it that you were oh I was so dumb I want to know here's the worst part so there was four stores the you first guys three were cereal yeah, shoplifters. We were wow, that hurt. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, they they. I told them I didn't want to shoplift because I'm so holy and spiritual. <laughs> no, I truly. I was like, I'm, I'm not really that into it. They're like, but you're good with people, so you go talk, distract the lady at the front. I'm like, I can do that, and I justified. I think we do that with our sin. We like mm-hmm. justify. Well, I'm not. I'm not as bad as so and so in the back, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> what did I show them? Uh, so the first three stores, I just distracted the staff workers by being friendly, which how awful. Uh, the fourth floor, it was like tank top and it was like bathing suits. And I remember they had, they're like, you got to come to the back. And it was such a pure pressure, right? And I remember mm-hmm. that little song now, it's echoing in my head. Pure pressure, pure pressure. What does it do? My mom taught me it squeezes the Jesus right out of you. And it did. Wow. And uh, they, that, that's the first time I've heard that you're song. You're welcome. You take that to your kids. Thanks, so Megan's you, mom, for thank you. sharing you that with all of us. You can take that to all your nieces and nephews, <laughs> all 50 of them. And so you pull off, the t- they pulled off the tags, threw it in my bags and said, it's so thrilling. It's like such a token mm-hmm. story of like, yeah, do this and you can be accepted. And I think yeah. we do it with everything. We try to find acceptance everywhere. So it was like something silly. And I even had enough cash in my wallet to buy what yeah. I got caught for. Yep. My wife got busted for shoplifting Did with she? her friends. Same Aww. same thing. And I think it was nail polish. And oh. it wasn't even like good nail no. polish. And no. it's like, that was... 
You could have bought that. You could have just... Yeah, you had change in your couch that would have bought all the nail polish you could ever want. Anyhow, um, thanks for being vulnerable (laughs) with us here on the podcast and and letting us know. I went the nice route versus the I look really impressive route. You know, I could do that. And I choose to do that just so someone knows that they don't have to always be impressive. It's freeing. It's good. Uh, You said something else in the message. And as you were talking, you're you're sharing about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Mm -hmm. and this beautiful speech that they give that God can, he's able... To, to rescue us. He will rescue us, but even if he doesn't, um, and, and you, you honed in on the words, um, even if, yeah. even if that whatever life's thrown at us, whatever we have, whatever trials, whatever, even if fill in the blank, yeah. we're, we're going to worship God and he's going to be the, the big sticker on our NASCAR car. Um, but even if, and then you said what, what most of us tend to do, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, is we, we use the two words, what if, mm-hmm. What if this happens? And and talk about that and talk about, because I, I, again, I think it was brilliant. Um, it breeds anxiety. It breeds fear. All, all the things people are trying to get rid of in their life. Yeah. But we keep asking that. Why, why do we keep asking the what if questions? What, what do you think that is? Yeah. I think it's it comes back to us trying to control. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I wish I had more expertise on it. I can just speak from personal. Sure. Uh, a personal space. So if I can imagine the worst case scenario, then maybe I can control how the outcome could be. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is such a weird thing and it's just so prevalent in our societies. Like it's if it's like imagining the worst case scenario and then living like it's true. Uh, best thing I could probably say in the podcast would be my husband uh, works in the emergency room, speaking of anxiety inducing places. And um, especially in this year, it's been really interesting for him to be working there. But he, he and I were talking about anxiety in particular. And he says, you know, it's it's the problem is people come in and they're just listening to all these voices, yeah. all these voices going in, all these voices. And he goes, and so I do the exact same thing to him every single time. I'm like, well, what do you do? He's like, it works. I'm like, tell me. You know, mm-hmm. and it, he basically does what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do. He gets their attention off of all the other different voices. So mm-hmm. my husband's like, look me in the eyes and then breathe with me. <sighs> okay, we can do this. We can do this. And he's like speaking all this. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, if we just listen to my voice. Li- oh, oh, pay attention. Oh, here, here, here. Focus right here. We can do this. And I'm really good at my job. And then I, I believe that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are doing in this speech is they're going, hey, hey, everybody, pay attention real fast. Mm-hmm. God's really good at his job. Mm-hmm. And if we listen to the right voice, we'll find our deliverer. We'll find our rescuer. We'll find all the things we've been looking for from all these different places and worst case scenarios we've been imagining ourselves. And I think that's what Jordan Meshach and are doing in this speech is they're going like, hold on, everybody. We're listening mm-hmm. to the wrong voice for a second. And even if that voice is true and we die for our faith in this moment, even if that's the case, I'm going to listen to the right voice. And that's yeah. a profound statement. I think we do it because we want to control. I think we do it. We say even if because, or we say what if because um, we know, I th- we realize we're out of control. And here's the aha for me about control is the minute we realize we're out of control, that's the best cl- place we can be because we've never been in control. Mm-hmm. So I think even acknowledging, like you just said, like, oh, I've, I've been there. I think the minute you acknowledge that, you realize oh, I am out of control. But the aha is, and that's okay because I never have been and I've convinced myself that I am. And if I am in control, no wonder I'm so anxious. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, as you were talking, so I, you, you don't know all the, you know, you're getting to know some of the volunteers and the staff and, and so grateful that, that you've taken time to, to come out to Arizona, be a part of this series and, and, and what God's doing through uh, 
through the people of Sun Valley and, and grateful for you doing that. One of the, uh, one of the volunteers, um, as you were recording for online, um, he's working the camera. His name's Dan. And, uh, Dan just got diagnosed with stage four cancer. And, uh, um, he's, he's dealing with that and, and going through, uh, you know, the process. And so I was talking to him last week and he serves faithfully every single week. Yeah. And he's almost thanking me going, I, I love our church. I love that I get to serve here. I love that I get to be a part of the messages and getting these messages out to people. Um, and, and he's, he's got that mentality of, uh, God might not rescue me from this, but he'll rescue me through it. And, as you're talking, as you're sharing the message, I'm hearing it through his ears because yeah. he's sitting, you know, he's right behind me operating the, the camera. Um, and it's so true. And it's so good that God will rescue us. Um, and sometimes it's not rescuing us from trials. Yeah. It's rescuing us through trials. And I think we can hear that and go, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, but until you're in the trial, yeah, it means something totally different. Yes. Um, and, and just uh, anyhow, grateful for, for you sharing that. Um, if somebody's listening right now and they're in a season where they're in the trial, yeah. it's not a, it's not a hypothetical. It's not a, you know, what do I do one day when, but right now they're in the trial. What, what encouragement, what, what advice do you have for that person? Who's it's right now it's happening. Yeah. I mean, I read it, These are going to feel like impossible words, but the only thing I can think of is someone who was in a trial and he gave these, and they happen to be the most highlighted passages on all Kindle e-readers. So it's popular, but if only you would hear the invitation, I would just say, listen to this from someone, if only I could find it. Um, Anyone else sing the song? Gentiles eat pork chops. That's how I uh, remember the the order. So... I would think of Paul's words from prison. Apparently that's a theme of this podcast. Thanks a lot, Romer. Um, he just says this, and it's and again, the best part is, as I say this, if it feels impossible, good, because then that's going to make you lean into the Lord. And when you're leaning into the Lord, that's when you're at a better place. So if it feels impossible, good. Mm-hmm. Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again, rejoice. Why does he say it again? Because there's no bold, underlined, italics, or all caps outside of the Lord in the Old Testament, which meant Yahweh, but long story short there. Um, He says it twice to reiterate, this really matters. So Mm -hmm. rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, you can ask God anything, you can bring him anything. With thanksgiving, I find that key. So you go to God in prayer instead of just being anxious. Go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. So in other words, you're saying, thank you, God, for however you're choosing to answer this prayer. I trust you, even if it's not what I want and not in the timing that I want. I trust you and thank you for your answer before you even give it, which is how then you get to the peace of God. So you begin in anxiety and then you land in peace, which transcends all understanding, which is not only... Bigger than our understanding, I would argue it's better than even understanding why you're going through the hard thing. And it will guard. God's peace is active. He will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I feel like if you're going through the trial, that's what you need is active peace. And the way to get there, rejoice and go to God in prayer and thank him for however he chooses to answer your requests. And you can bring him any of them. Yeah, that's good. Megan, thanks for being with us and and bringing us back to God's word. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so true and it's easy to miss it if you're not in the trial. Yeah. And so my, my hope is people um, will remember this message uh, and when they're in the trial, they'll go back and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, grateful for you, grateful for your leadership and, uh, and, and being a part of, again, what God's doing here. And um, yeah, if you, uh, if you know somebody that's going through a trial, uh, that, that's maybe in a season of, uh, of wrestling, would you share this? Um, would you use this to uh, maybe help them share the message on social media or send them a note, write them a letter, uh, wh- whatever that looks like for you and, and be an ambassador of, of hope. And uh, again, Megan, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the podcast and um, spending time with us this week. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored, Sun Valley. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.